Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. In the South, there is a phrase that is seemingly sweet. It's a phrase I grew up hearing, and I use it myself on an almost daily basis. However, if you look up this phrase in the Urban Dictionary, or if you Google any videos about it, you will see that it is often used as a joke, a tease, something to put at the end of an insult to soften the cruelty of what has been said. And what is that phrase? Well, bless your heart. Like maybe you'd say, Matt Salis had a really special children's time for us today. Bless his heart. That was a great, great children's time. I heard, well, bless your heart, said often from my grandmother, Juanita Bell Joyner. And when my grandmother said it, she really meant it. It wasn't a joke or a tease or a way to soften cruelty. That woman did not have a cruel bone in her body. She used it because she truly, deeply loved people. She would have been horrified to know that this expression is used in such a twisted way sometimes. Because my grandmother was the exact same person on the inside as she was on the outside. She was kind and sweet. And she was that way for no other reason than it was a reflection of what was truly in her heart. She was gracious. She was smart as a whip. And she was fierce in her love and never gave up on people. All of us who knew her, she was a teacher, so she influenced a lot of people and had a large family. All of us who knew her, who loved her and were loved by her, are better for it. So I hope you had a happy Halloween. Everyone have a good Halloween? Yes? A little bit different this year, maybe, than others. You know, I grew up out in the country, actually across the road from my grandmother and granddaddy. So trick-or-treating was not something that I grew up with. 
But as an adult, I have loved taking my kids or grandkids out, trick-or-treating, or in more recent years, being the one being at home and handing out candy. I love seeing all the kids. I love seeing all the costumes. And of course, this year was just a little bit different. We stayed inside, watched some movies, had some chili and kept the porch light off. It's kind of sad for me to hear all the sounds of the children outside because we could hear some kids outside knowing that we were not opening our door to them. But every time I kind of started feeling a little sad or wanted to like look through the blinds, kind of creepy at all of the children, I just remembered that we weren't handing out treats to people this year because we want to protect my mother-in-law, Janet, who lives with us. Of course, Halloween reminds me that it's really All Hallows' Eve and the Eve to today, which is All Saints' Day. This is an important day. And I know that last night when I was feeling a little bit of FOMO or fear of missing out, I just reminded myself that we would survive one year of not handing out Halloween candy to protect the precious living saint in our own home. Now, in the United Methodist Church, we believe in and celebrate saints but not quite in the same way as, say, the Catholic Church. In the United Methodist Church, we don't elect people to sainthood. We don't pray to saints. But UMC.org says that All Saints Day is a time to remember Christians of every time and place, honoring those who lived faithfully and shared their faith with us. United Methodists call people saints because they exemplified the Christian life. In this sense, every Christian can be considered a saint. What an appropriate day, then, to consider authenticity. Today, we start a new sermon series Um, based on this book, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, Your Guide to a Wholehearted Life. And our sermon series this month is Guideposts to Living with a Whole Heart. We're going to pull out a few of the things that she calls our guideposts for us for living holy, and you'll see that I have my little guidepost here, authenticity, resilience, trust, gratitude, those are the the things we're going to look at, the practices we're going to consider. Reverend Jamie Lee and I had been looking at this book and considering this particular sermon series at this point in the year, because we're seven months into a pandemic with no clear end in sight, we're right in the midst of a presidential election, and we're just about to move into a holiday season that promises to be very different than what we are 
usually used to. So we thought that looking at some foundational principles of living could be a grounding practice for us as a community. Also, as people of faith, sometimes it's good to be reminded that our faith is meant to inform our lives, our behaviors, our practices. In Brene Brown's book, she calls these different practices guideposts. And today we look at authenticity, or as Brene Brown um, kind of titles the chapter on it, cultivating authenticity, letting go of what people think. She calls authenticity a conscious choice of how we want to live, but it's not always easy. It's something we have to cultivate and practice. Brown writes, trust me, even though I know plenty about authenticity and it's something I work toward, I am full of self-doubt and shame. And I can sell myself out and be anybody you need me to be, which is the exact opposite of living an authentic life. She says that being authentic in a culture that wants you to fit in and people please is a huge task. Authenticity, she writes, demands wholehearted living and loving even when it's hard, even when we're wrestling with the shame and fear of not being good enough. In our scripture today that Jen McClosey read so beautifully, I think Paul is sharing the exact same idea or sentiment as wholehearted living, living authentically. He speaks of our lives as living sacrifices and that this is worship living in a way that honors God, taking what's in our hearts and making it consistent with our outward behaviors. He speaks of renewing and transforming of the mind, not being conformed to what others would have us do or think or be, but seeking to be in tune with God's will in our lives and in the world. The New Interpreter's Bible says this about Romans 1 through 12, 1 through 2. The path of self-sacrifice is the path of self-fulfillment. As though true, whole person worship, people as though through, excuse me, true whole person worship, People discover to their surprise that being truly human is not what the present age supposes. I'll read it one more time since I kind of messed it up. The path of self-sacrifice is the path of self-fulfillment. As through true whole person worship, people discover to their surprise that being truly human is not what the present age 
supposes. And if that's anything, I think that's also called wholehearted living. It's a call to authenticity. It's a call to feel the love of God in our hearts so that love is what we share with others in every way, in every word, in every action. So we have an opportunity today on All Saints Sunday to consider those who have taught us, those who have exemplified authenticity in their inner and outer lives as saints, saints of God. We give thanks for them and we learn how to live because of them. Now, my grandmother used to look at us grandkids with an intense gaze of love. It was almost um, overwhelming and kind of embarrassing. I can remember my sister and I riding in the back seat of my grandparents' car. My granddaddy would be driving. My grandmother would sit in the passenger seat, and she'd bring that visor down, and she'd look in the mirror so that she could see us behind her. And her look was just pure love, but so intense. It was a look that she would give us at the dinner table on Sundays at Sunday dinner. And it would be so intense and she'd just sit there and she'd say, oh, you are precious. Oh, we're, that's my granddaddy. Oh, we're, aren't they precious? To the point that my granddaddy would say, Juanita, you better stop it. You're going to give them the big head. But she loved us deeply and she couldn't keep it to herself. And my grandmother's been gone over 20 years. But I can still feel her gaze like it's happening right now. I can still feel her love, her care, the blessing of my heart that was so intense and so powerful that I can't do anything without wanting to bless others people, other people's hearts too. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.